I'm pleased to have my guest, Bernard Emerson from Oakland, California. He's the Urban Church Specialist for Converge Pack West and the Bay Area Ministry Developer for World Impact. Welcome to Let's Talk About It, Bernard. How you doing? Good. How are you? I'm doing well. Doing super well. Super excited to have you today on the show. How are things going in Oakland? Well, it's going. Uh, the Raiders are leaving and Oakland is still open, so yeah, it's going. Wow. I, I, I can't imagine, uh, you know, the Raider Nation being outside of Oakland. That's, that's going to be real awkward. I, I can't either. That's why I'm a Miami Dolphins fan now. <laughs> Bro, you need to move down here by my neck of the woods. <laughs> yeah, the, the Dolphins uh, have shown their loyalty and support to the city of Oakland when they're the only team that voted no on the move. Wow. Wow, wow. It's going to be an interesting season. It's going to be a real interesting yeah, season. I am. Uh, I, I'm. I'm not a. I'm not a football fan per se. Somebody gave me a Philadelphia Eagles jersey with my name on it, and so I guess I'm gonna be a Philadelphia Eagles fan from here on out. <laughs> hey, sounds about right, bro. That, that's how we roll, bro. That's how we roll. <laughs> sounds about right. <laughs> well, man, I am so excited that you're uh, you're you're going to be a part of the show today. I, I, I'm so looking forward to your perspective on uh, on uh, the topic of implicit racial bias, what justice yeah. looks like, and, and how we pursue reconciliation. Uh, you know, you, I, as, I, as I introduced you, I, I talked about you being uh, the uh, person that's, I guess, the director of urban ministry for Converge Pack West. And for those of you that don't know, I, I, Bernard and I are part of the same uh, church planning movement called Converge Worldwide. Uh, he just happens to be up there in the Pacific West, and I am here in the Southeast. But we're we're part of the same spiritual family, and, yeah. uh, and so uh, you know. But unpack that for us. What does that mean? As you are the urban ministry director for the Pac West uh, region of Converge. So our our district, um, um, uh, I've been with Converge about five years now. Mm -hmm. When I came to the district. Uh, there was actually only two, um, well, it was actually only one urban church. No, it was two, one in Fresno and one in uh, Richmond, California. Mm -hmm. And um, uh, Pastor Aaron from Living Hope Neighborhood Church and I just uh, were part of, so we were part of the same tribe because we were both connected to World Impact. And World Impact is an urban missions organization that is committed to serving urban poor people. And part okay. of uh, that mission of World Impact is planting churches amongst the urban poor. Mm. And uh, because that was something close to my heart, it was always something I was pushing for in our district, Converge mm -hmm. Back West. Mm -hmm. And I just thank God for uh, David Yetter, who is our our executive minister, and him just having uh, God giving him an ear to listen and hear what we were saying, and actually the heart to pursue it. So after um, uh, about three years of these discussions, they created uh, this position, an urban church specialist, and which was funny. They asked me to do it, and then the weird part about that was they asked me to create the job description. And I'm like, man, okay, this has to be God. Mm. 
Mm. And asking me to do the job and then tell them what I'm supposed to be doing. Come on, brother. So, yeah, I, I reached out to a, a good friend and a brother of mine, Bob Engel, who is a um, national director of church planning for World Impact, and he helped me come up with a job description because, uh, bro, my, my, my way of doing things is finding out who does something well, learning from them and them, them and then finding a shortcut. Right. And so so I, I, I slid under Bob Engel, and he created the uh, – uh, he helped me create this job description. And I put a few shortcuts on it, and then I turned that into CPW, and now we're doing it. So That's now awesome. My job to recruit, to uh, uh, assess, uh, train, mentor, and coach people that desire to plant churches in the, both the urban and rural context. That's great. That is great. I'm excited to hear that. But I think that you and I both have, uh, I, you know, and, and if I'm wrong, correct me, but my my spiritual covering, my spiritual father is Dr. Dwight Perry. And I think that you and I are connected that way. Is that correct? That makes us brothers. Come on, bro. Yeah, Come on. Brothers. Dr. Yeah, he, P is a good man. Yeah, he, he he's funny. Uh, um, he has his uh, slick way of bossing me around. And I don't uh-huh. know until after he does it that I'm being bossed around. But I love it. <laughs> yeah. He's a good man. I love him. I love him. I, I haven't talked I to him in a while since. Uh, so do I. I haven't talked to him in a while since he's uh, moved back uh, to Chicago. Uh, I laughed when he uh, came out of retirement after three months yes. of retirement. And yes. uh, but he's uh, he's found his niche, so I'm super happy for him. Yes. But I, I knew that we were connected somehow, and I was like, you know, I, I don't know, maybe maybe Bernard is, but maybe he's not. But. I'm so glad that we are connected that way, having the same pastor pastoring us. So, yes. All right, brother. Well, look, I'm going to jump right into this, and and uh, and really, Bernard, what what this whole podcast is about is, uh, you know, it, it's you know, the tagline is it's an ongoing conversation about implicit racial bias, justice, and the pursuit of reconciliation. And so, I'm just going to ask you. Uh, the first question, have you ever seen or experienced implicit racial bias? Well, growing up in Oakland, we, uh, uh, at the time that I grew up, at at the time that I came along in the um, the 80s, throughout the 80s, Oakland had this um, drug task force. And it was the mission, uh, I guess it was an unwritten rule for the Oakland Drug Task Force that wherever and whenever you found um, urban youth that uh, I think it was their job to just harass, uh, beat, and take urban youth to jail. And, And, bro, the crazy part about that is you didn't have to be doing anything. So, I mean, you didn't have to be doing anything. All they had to do is uh, see you. So, hmm. you know, so we grew up with this culture of right, wrong, and different. You ran from the police. Mm-hmm. And the police were never seen as a uh, a help to the community, but the police were always viewed as a threat to the community. Hmm. And, man, and my parents, and my parents being older and not have, having to deal with that, 
and they thought it was strange that when we saw the police, we ran. And they and and, and I remember uh, my dad saying, "Well, if you didn't do anything, you shouldn't run." But right. he, so we had one. All of them had nicknames, and we had one named Trackstar. Hmm. And what Trackstar would do, he would pull up to you and he would dare you to run because it was the chances were he would run you he would be able to run you down and because you made him chase you you got an extra beating of course he made his brother he was bad because he had to chase you yeah exactly and, and, and the bad part about that is but he wanted you to run wow and um but i remember one night in particular um uh, i was dating this girl in high school and her her mother had some uh, some problems, so I used to stay around the house and and it help her help her mom out. And uh, um, I'm I'm catching the, the bus. I get off the bus. Her house was a, a 20 minute bus ride from mine, and I get off the bus and it's about 9:30 at night on a school night. And my mother knew who I was because I called her. We didn't have cell phones there, but I called my mom from their house and said I'm helping them with some things. I'll call you when I'm getting on the bus on my way home. So that happens, and long story boring, I get off the bus, and I'm around the corner from my house, and they used to drive these um, Dodge Dodge cars, and you could hear when they hit the engine, they used to make that sound. Everybody in the hood do that sound. (laughs) And when you hear that sound, you just automatically take off. Everybody scatters. And, um... I'm walking, and I hear the sound, and I said, and I, and I started to run, and I said, okay, I'm going to try this. I haven't done anything. I'm not going to run. And I'm walking. I got, bro, I got my eyes closed, and I'm praying, God, please let them keep going. Please let them keep going. Please let them keep going. And uh, I, I hear the tires, the tires screeching. They screech, and, man, um, before I know it, I'm being picked up. I'm slammed on the hood of the car. And the first thing he says to me is, uh, okay, we're the um, drugs and alcohol. I mean, drugs drugs and guns. I said, I wow. don't have it. Coming from my girlfriend's house, um, my mom is waiting on me, and I'm trying to get home. And he's like, look, I'm not playing with you. You're going to tell me where the dr- guns and drugs are. Uh, uh, I'm going to have to make you pay for that. And I told him, I said, officer, please. And at this time, I'm crying. I'm a... Uh, uh, a sophomore in high school, and mm. I, I'm, I'm crying, and I tell him, I, I'm like, I, I promise you, I don't have any guns, I don't have any drugs, I'm around the corner from my house, my mother is there waiting on me, you can take me home, and she'll tell you that. I'm like, uh, I'm, I'm at church on Sundays, I'm at choir rehearsal on Thursdays, and I'm leaving my girlfriend's house, you can even take me back over there, and her mom will tell you I just left and got on the bus. And he looks at me, he's like, you know what? Uh, for some reason, I believe you. Hmm. So I, I'm going to let you go. But the next time I catch you out here this time of night, I'm going to kick your, uh, I'm going I'm to I'm 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 put my foot in your uh, butt. Mm-hmm. And, bro, and I took off running home. So wow. that, that's just like we grew up with. It. And, um, um, and it gave us this idea, man, that, the police were not a help to us. The police were a threat to us. Mm. Wow. You know what? I'm, I'm going to ask this question. I, I've, I've interviewed several African-Americans 
for the show, but I, I, I've never asked them this question, and I want you to answer it for us. I think that, you know, based on the story that you just told, uh, what's it like being a black man in America? You know, you and I are probably the same age. I'm 45 years old. Uh, what, what's it like, Bernard, being a person of color? Same. I mean, uh, we're pastors, so you know we got a lot of stories, and I just like telling them because they mm-hmm. help. Mm-hmm. But I, I, I could sum it up in um, in two, one day. My nephew Larry, he's uh, with my brother Ernest, and he asked him, um, "Uncle, should I be afraid of the police?" And bro, that broke my heart, man. That 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 broke my heart. And the same time I'm sitting there heartbroken, I'm saying to myself, whew, I'm glad he didn't ask me. Mm. And the reason being is because I don't know, I, I really didn't know how to answer his question. And, 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 it, and it affected me to the point where I just got up and walked out of the room. And my youngest daughter is, um, she's 15. But that's, that's uh, her age has nothing to do with anything because she could run a small country. Mm-hmm. But anyway, <laughs> my, my my daughter Asia, she um, something happened with this Instagram thing, and one of the kids at school, where kids were playing on this uh, another kid's Instagram account, calling them racist, and they they uh, for some kind of way they they uh, were able to crack his Instagram, and they and kids posted pictures on his account, uh, his Instagram account, um, uh, racist pictures and calling him racist and this sort of thing. So it was a big deal at the school where all those parents that were involved um, in this had to go to the school and hash this thing out. In some kind of way, uh, my daughter got mixed up in that because this kid had a crush on her and one of the other kids... uh, when they hacked into the account, it was like, you know, you're crushing on her and she's black and, and this sort of deal. But anyway, the kid's mother saw that and his mother called a few of the students. And um, she told the students that she was going to call the, the police and get the police involved with what was happening. And so... Um, uh, my daughter stays up all night which I was unaware of. And uh, when we get to the school to uh, to try to get this business straightened out, uh, she's, uh, she's exhausted. And I'm like, man, what's going on? And she told me she stayed up all night. And I'm like, baby, for what? And she was like, because I, the kid's mom said she was going to call the police and have them sent to the house. And I said, so why would that keep you up all night? And, and, bro, and uh, I, all I could do is cry with my baby and hold her because she said, Dad, police are, uh, the majority of the police are white, and I know what white police do to black people. Mm. And wow. and all I could do is uh, hold my baby and cry with her. And, and man, here, here, I don't want my kids afraid of the police. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, and... 
I want them to know that if they're in trouble, they call 911 and 911 sends out help in form of the police. Right. But uh, uh, when, when this crazy stuff is going on and the, 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 uh, uh, the racial bias and racial profiling, and, man, kids are aware of this stuff. Yeah, and uh, I think what bothers me most about it is uh, those of us that are Jesus followers, we just choose to bury our heads in the sand and pretend like this stuff doesn't happen. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's why I started this podcast, you know, because I think that, and I have nothing against police. I have friends that are police officers. I have family members that are police officers. If, and, if and something is wrong and I to protect my family, you call the police. Absolutely. And I and look, I, I was at Starbucks the other day, and a Florida Highway uh, trooper came in, and I, I offered to buy his coffee. He, you know, he was like, you know, he looked at me and was like, brother, I get it for free. So I'm like, man, I need to get what you got. <laughs> and so, but you know, but I have nothing against police officers. This is not, not this all. is not about beating up police officers. You know, because sometimes people hear these things and they start tripping. But uh, but you know, I think that the sentiment of how people feel especially brown people, you know, uh, you know, a police yeah. officer rolls up and, and immediately, you know, my nerves, my nerves will get a little bit on edge and, and I'm not doing anything wrong. And, and I've had to have conversations with my son. Look, if you get pulled over, you, you keep your hands on the steering wheel. You, yeah. you answer, you answer when they ask you, you don't do, you don't go running your mouth off. You, you right. look for stuff when they ask you to look for stuff. You know, don't fidget. And, you know, I, I know that there are a lot of people out there that don't have to have those conversations with their children. But we have to have that conversation with ours. And uh, and it's not something that we can just, you know, pretend like it's not happening. Uh, pretend like there is not this sense of of nervousness uh, that comes about when when, you know, if in case you get pulled over. It's a reality for people of color. And, and we can't just, like you said, you, we can't just pretend like stuff isn't happening and, and hide our heads in the sand. And, and that's it, bro. And those, those two stories, uh, uh, for me, they uh, speak volumes to what it means to be a person of color in America. Wow. Wow. Well, you, I think when, when you said that for, for those of us that are Jesus followers, uh, you know, because this question, you know, I ask it to people that believe in Jesus and people that don't, uh, you know, I'm going to I'm going to go to question number two. What is what does justice look like for people who have experienced racial bias? What what would justice look like? And this is obviously your opinion, uh, Bernard. But, uh, you know, what what would justice look like for people who have experienced that racial bias? I think justice would look like people uh, of the majority culture that are in uh, positions of power being radically retrained in the area of uh, 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 racial and implicit bias where they um, could hear some of these stories and meet some of the people that were affected by it. And understand that these are real stories connected to real people. Mm. And, I, and I think a lot of times, uh, bro, that's what's missing. We don't realize these are real stories that are connected to real people because we're not in the same proximity with each other. Right. And I believe part of that radical training would be putting people in proximity 
people of power in proximity, people who live this, or, or, or it's a part of uh, their life, and they can understand that these people are real, these stories are real, and uh, uh, we need radical change. Very good, and we do. We do need radical change. You know, I uh, I, I don't know if it's going to come in the in the sense of uh, the the you know uh, community policing. I know that there are some states where police officers are getting into the into the communities more and developing relationships in the communities more. Uh, I don't know what it's going to look like, uh, but uh, I, I think that uh, people need to you know cross aisles. And be and, and like oh, you said, yeah. be, begin to hear the stories, begin to look into the eyes of the people that are telling the stories. And, you know, I may not have to go through what you go through, but I can have empathy. I can have yeah. empathy for something that you've gone through, even though I may never experience it. I can still be empathetic. Now, I know that uh, Apple, the Apple, uh, there's an Apple campus. I want to say it's in Sacramento. Uh uh, and I used to work for Apple, and they taught us when somebody calls you and they're having issues with their machine, you show empathy. And so they taught us mm. how to be empathetic. So if they, if we can have empathy for somebody that's got problems with their Mac computer or with their iTunes account, then surely we can have empathy for people who are struggling because they have been shown some kind of bias because of the color of their skin or because of their national origin. And man, bro, consider me, uh, call me what you want to. Um, but I really believe that uh, for the world to know that uh, uh, change can happen radically, it has to be modeled by God's church. Yes, it does. It has to be modeled by God's church. And, and I'm just praying for that day, whatever it is, that it's going to take us to get over what we need to get over so we can start to affect change, I'll be glad when the day the Holy Spirit empowers us to do that. Amen. Amen. I know that uh, for us, Bernard, we, my wife and I, we've, all of the churches that we've ever planted have been multi-ethnic on purpose. We plant yes. multi-ethnic churches on purpose. I, I'm, I'm Puerto Rican. My wife is Caucasian. And for whatever reason, we, we attract uh, you know, uh, interracial couples. We attract people uh, just from different nations. The last church that we had, uh, we had 21 nations represented, and we do it because we want people to see what heaven is going to look like now. Yeah. And yes. you know, you know, they, they, there's no, there's not going to be a black part of heaven and an Asian part of heaven and a white part of heaven <laughs> and a Latino part of heaven. You know, we we we're going to be living next to each other. And uh, hey, bro, forever is a long time, so we should it is. absolutely, absolutely. But I agree with you that this does have to be. It has to be modeled by the church. We we need we need uh, people to see, and what Jesus said that the world will know that we are His disciples by the love that we have for one another. That we love each other. Yes. Yeah. So I agree with you wholeheartedly. Wholeheartedly. Now, let me ask you this, Bernard. How, what is that looking like in the Pac West area where you're at? Because California is very diverse. I know that we, we will have people listening to us where there's not a lot of diversity, where communities are very homogenous. They're either, you know, you, you will have your parts of town that are predominantly white, 
predominantly black, predominantly Latino, predominantly Asian. How is that working in, in, in that, uh, in, in that California vibe where there is a lot of diversity? Well, believe it or not, even with the diversity, uh, in a place like California, even with that diversity, it's still an issue. And, um, that that is one reason that uh, I'm always champion. It had to be modeled by God's church. Um, but I have a, a a good friend and brother, uh, Pastor Kyle Brooks. Kyle, he pastors um, Oakland Communion Church, and they are, um, for lack of better phrases, they are a church uh, from the other side of the track. Mm-hmm. And um, and and not against that. Thank God for them uh, and, and the work they're doing. And but Kyle and I have been talking about the last year and a half. What would it look like for the sake of unity, for the reputation of the church, and the sake of the gospel, to blend this church from the other side, this affluent church from the other side of the tracks, with this uh, poor urban church church from the other side of the track mm-hmm. what, what would it look like for the sake of the gospel for the reputation of the church uh for the uh, uh the, the sake of unity what would it look like for us to be one church mm-hmm. and we've been having any sammy we've been having this conversation for uh the last year and a half and and there there were some doctrinal things that we we, we talked about and and we just c- concluded this yesterday. We just concluded this yesterday. The the, the doctrinal part, that's the easy part because God gives us gives us grace there. Mm-hmm. Um, um, he's uh he's reformed, and I'm reformed Baptist, and you know uh, uh, we dedicate babies, they baptize babies. We can work around all of that because. The bottom line is neither one of those things is sending anybody to hell. Right. But but the challenge will always be those cultural nuances. And, and, and we'll always have those because we haven't allowed ourselves to be in close proximity with each other. Hmm. So, and, and so, and I told him, I said, I told him this, uh, Samuel, like, because once we think we got it figured out, a brother from Nigeria walks in and we got a whole nother issue. <laughs> You're right. <laughs> but but I'm cool with that. I'm cool with that. Because anything, my mother used to tell me all the time, anything that is worth having is worth fighting for. That's right. And if we don't fight to push through those cultural nuances, we'll never do it and we'll be talking another year and a half. Yes, you're right. You're right. We'll, we'll be talking. And, man, and I'm glad that you just blessed me with that bit of information because now I can start bending your ear. Oh, yeah, bro. I, I, I like I, – I, number one, Bernard, I'll be honest with you. I'm going to be selfish and tell you the truth. When you got 21 nations in, in one room and we talking about doing a community potluck, bro. <laughs> bro. You're talking about food from everywhere, and it was, but bro, it was, it was, it was, it was amazing. You know, our worship leaders. We had, we had a Caucasian worship leader. We had a Filipino worship leader. The, those guys could play anything, and so on any given Sunday, you would hear reggae, 
to uh, Filipino word, you know, songs being sung in Filipino and in, 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 in Tagalog, as they say it, or in Spanish, or uh, it was just, I mean, just from that aspect. But the the people from from everywhere, you know, they brought, they did bring their cultural nuances. One of the things that we had to be real careful about was, you know, not making it about the cultural nuances, and making sure that we kept it about the kingdom, that we weren't going to push any culture, we were going to push kingdom and so you know it, but it worked oh bro, it worked. You're helping, me already. helping me already and so as long as we keep jesus central everything else will work because everybody everybody has to bow the knee to jesus That's right. I, you know it don't matter where you're from we don't we're, we're not even from this we're not even from this land we we are sojourners we're pilgrims That's we're just walking true. through and so, That's you know true. what i'm saying our citizenship is somewhere else, but don't don't get me going, Bernard. I'm gonna stop because I gotta make sure that we stay on task here. You said something that I want you to just elaborate, even just answer it if you can. But what does it mean to be on the other side of the tracks? Explain that to us. Unpack that. Somebody may somebody have heard may, may have heard that when you said that, and they go, "Well, what does he mean on the other side of the tracks?" So so I'm uh, I'm from East Oakland. That that's home, and. Um, the part of Oakland I'm from is that part uh, that we have in every city that has uh, been forgotten about, where there's uh, uh, people that are pushed down so far to par- on the poverty index, we we just t- tend to forget about them. Um, the, where, where there's uh, on that other side of the track where there's all this uh, hopelessness, this despair, um, this marginalization, that is the other side of the track. And, I just feel, bro, these are, are my people, and these are the people God called me to witness to. These are the people God called me to do life with. These are the people God uh, uh, called me to plant churches among. Mm. Mm. So, uh, uh, yeah, that, when we refer to that other side of the track, for, for those that don't know, we're talking about that ugly side of town. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that that part of town where there seems to be no money to make any area beautifications. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, every every city has that 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 part of town. Yes, they do. You know, some folks are just scared to roll through there. <laughs> oh, well, bro, I'm here. We're 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 coming up to the last question, and I'm 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 really looking forward to your answer on this one. How do we pursue reconciliation? How do we pursue reconciliation uh, as far as the racial bias or racial reconciliation? How do we pursue that, Bernard? Well, well I'm glad you uh, said an offset is just my opinion, and this is just my opinion. It doesn't mean nothing. But in my opinion, uh, we don't. Mm. Uh, and the reason I say that is because uh, words are my thing, and I'm – I'm always paying attention to what's being said. My wife accuses me of uh, paying attention to what people say and paying attention to what they don't say. Mm-hmm. And and because words are, I think, well, let me just say it like this. To use the word reconciliation, it implies that something was together before, and for some reason it fell apart, and we're working to get it back together. Wow. And the reason I – so it makes sense in um, – the, the, the fact of us being reconciled to God because we're his by creation. 
and, and, and then the fall, and Jesus Christ comes as redemption. But in terms of, of race, I'm careful about using the word reconciliation because we were never together. Mm. We, we were never together. So what we have to do is find out what we need to do to get together or to be together. And that that that's the mission. I was, I I spoke about my buddy Pastor Kyle. Pastor Kyle, um, me and him were talking. I'm like Kyle. At the end of the day, man, we have to be able to make friends. I'm like, man, uh, if there's a a rally, and uh, man, you as my brother show up at a rally, and uh, we're protesting against some injustice, or we're standing up for. Those that don't have a voice, man, that's good. But at the end of the day, man, at the end of the day, if if we if we aren't friends and we leave that protest, that rally, if we stop standing, when we stop standing or stop being a voice for those that have a voice, and me and you don't have any relationship, man, it means nothing. That's mm, true. So at the so at the end of the day. We got to be able to make friends, and what that means is we have to be able to be that we're in relationship with each other, we're in proximity with each other, and what bothers me bothers you, and what hurts you hurts me. Hmm. That's very good. And, and I told him, I said, the, the messed up part about that is CSNBC, CNN, uh, uh, Fox News, they're not showing up. To hear that Bernard and Kyle are friends, the Kyle and Bernard are friends. They show up because Bernard and Kyle locked arms in solidarity to protest this. No, that don't mean nothing at the end of the day, if man. If I can't look at you and our brotherhood um, and our, our, our family relation in Christ doesn't trump my blackness or trump your whiteness. That's so good. That is so good. You know, I I, I like I like the I like your. I'm going to, I'm going to use this word. I like your spin on that. You know, reconciliation, you're right. Reconciliation is to men something that's broken. And, uh, and the fact that, you know, you say that there was never any togetherness there, uh, causes, causes me to think a different way about even how I asked that question. And so uh, I'm, I'm so glad that you shared that. I'm so glad that you shared that. I, and I know that there are the tensions, especially, between African Americans and Caucasians has, you know, been since the inception of this nation. We just celebrated yeah. 241 years, and you know, a lot of people look at this and they go, "Wow, this is, you know, as if this is something new." But it's not. Uh, you yeah. know, the tensions that have that have that have been between blacks and whites uh, has uh, has been since the very foundation of this nation. And now, you know, with Latinos in the mix and with Asians in the mix, uh, you know, we see we see the division that uh, is rampant uh, in our country. And yeah. you know, my my heart aches uh, because, you know, uh, I, I take what uh, is said in Ephesians that uh, Jesus came to break down the wall of hostility, which was between Jews yeah. and Gentiles. And so I, yeah. I, I am not Jewish, so that automatically makes me a Gentile. And, uh, but Jesus came to break down that wall of hostility and to make out of two men one. 
And, uh, and so to that end, you know, I want to see, I want to see uh, black, white, yellow, red, whatever color. I don't even know what the shades are for people these days because it changes all the time. But uh, I want, I, I want to see, I want to see a people who love each other. I want to see uh, in the church and outside of the church. Uh, you know, I'm tired of turning on news and, and seeing, you know, uh, uh, somebody else, you know, uh, dying uh, because of racial tensions. Uh, you yeah. know, I, I'm, I'm tired of the, of the verbiage that I hear. Uh, I'm, you know, uh, the, people, I don't know what's happened. And then I'm just going to share my opinion here. And maybe I should just keep my mouth shut, but I'm going to share it anyways. But uh, for whatever reason, ever since this, ever since this new, uh, this this new election term came about. I, I think that I see yeah. people being a little bit more a little bit more boisterous, a little bit more a little bit more uh, verbal uh, with what I would call uh, racist uh, language, and uh, it I'm 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 shocked. I, I hear stuff bro, all the time. Bro, I got to be honest with you. I I I, I got to be honest with you. That didn't bother me at all because I'm like, okay, that's the way of the world. But when, but but but, but when us, when those of us that love the Lord participated in that kind of stuff, that hurt. Yeah. And and here again, and here again, we have to be, we have to be more Christian than we are Democrat, Republican, Black, White, Asian, uh, Latino. We have to be more followers of Jesus than we are any of those things. Absolutely. Yeah, I, I can't be a bigger uh, Republican than I am a bigger Christian. Right. Um, something's wrong with that picture. You're right. You're and, absolutely right. And when, it's, when I've seen how this election year has brought division in the house of God, man, that was hurting for me to see yeah, yeah, it, it was. It was very, uh, it was very disconcerting. It was very disconcerting. And because I'm, I have that firm belief that when it's modeled and modeled effectively, it'll have to be through us. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, bro, I'll tell you what. I'm all the way down here in Florida. You all the way across in Oakland, and I, I'll tell you that I. I extend the hand of fellowship uh, from a from a brother that's Latino to a man that's African American. We're all we're already part of the same spiritual family. Yes, sir. But uh, but more than that, we 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 are both we are both blood bought. We are both uh, you know set apart. That's right. We're both lovers. That's we are both loved and lovers of Jesus. And so I, I extend that hand of fellowship to you to say. Let us together do something and, 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 and get as many people as we can and try to meet somewhere in the middle there as far as uh, bringing about what you called, you know, bringing about that togetherness, uh, especially yeah. amongst those who claim Christ as Lord. And, bro, let me say to you, man, I appreciate you and uh, appreciate the work you're doing, man. Uh, praying your strength in the Lord, man, and uh, that uh, he would continue to give you uh, wisdom and insight. Thank you. Well, bro, I'm, I'm going to shift here. I'm going to call you Pastor Bernard now because what I'm, what I'm going to ask, brother, is I want you to pray 
that uh, pray that God would definitely heal uh, this this disease that I call racism in the hearts of in the hearts of all of us. We all have we all have some kind of prejudice and bigotry uh, in some shape or form, even even because of the things that we've experienced. We, yeah. we we don't realize how we don't realize how broken we are because of the fall, and so I I want you to I want you to pray for us, uh, Pastor Bernard, uh, about or against implicit racial bias. I want you to pray that that justice would be served, that it would be served somehow. And at the end of the day, the only just the only just one is God, and so He's the only one yeah. that can serve out justice. And then, and yes. then pray that there, there, pray that there is that togetherness. Pray that there will be reconciliation between people who are, uh, you know, divided because of this, this bias, this racial bias. And w- would you do that for us, Pastor? Sure. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Sure, I will. If my people that are called by my name, but humble themselves, pray, seek my face, turn from their wicked ways. Then I will hear from heaven, and I will forgive their sins, and will heal their land. God, our Father, we give you glory. God, we give you honor. God, we give you praise because it is yours. God, we we bring our issues to you. We pour out our hearts to you, God. We lift our prayers to you, and we lift our voices to you, God, because you are the God that hears and answers prayer. God, we recognize that you are God. You are sovereign in all your ways. You are just in all your ways. And, God, we thank you that you hear us. God, we thank you for your son, Jesus, who died for our sins, who paid a debt that we couldn't pay and that he didn't know. And through putting our faith and our trust in him, we can be in right relationship with you and enjoy you forever. God, we thank you for the Holy Spirit that you sent to us as a comforter, to comfort us, to lead us, to guide us in all righteousness, to lead us in all truth. We thank you, Lord for the presence of the Holy Spirit. God, we come now and we ask that you would heal our land. God, this problem of racial and implicit bias. God, we don't know what else to do. So, God, we seek you and we pray that in this situation you would be God. Lord, we pray for the power of the Holy Spirit to strengthen your church, in which we believe this is the vehicle that you will use to show the world that we can coexist in racial harmony and we can get along as people. We can be together as one people and and one nation, God. We believe that it will be modeled by your church. So we pray that you would strengthen the church, strengthen its leaders, strengthen her people, strengthen her servants. And, God, uh, I thank you for my brother Sammy and the mission you have given him, and I pray, God, for his wisdom. I pray, God, uh, that you would continue to lead him, give him your heart, uh, give him your ears so he can hear what you are saying to the church, and, uh, God, give him your words that he may speak them. 
And, Lord, we are encouraged because we know in places and in times where things seem darkest, it is in those places and in those times that you shine brightest. Mm. So, God, we pray that you would shine. Let the love of Christ shine through our hearts that people may see your love in us and they would understand that there are people here that love God and love other people and that are working to make us one body. Do it, God, in the mighty name of Jesus, by the power of the Holy Spirit, and we'll be careful to give you all glory, honor, and praise. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Bernard, brother, this has been such a privilege to have you on here. Thank you so much for your insight, for your input, especially how you answered number three about how we pursue reconciliation. Love what you said for all of it. And uh, thank you for taking time to being a part of this and being a guest oh, on this Talk me. About It. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. I'm, uh, uh, man, I will uh, – man, I didn't know you were doing this, bro. This is so cool, man. I'm glad I know now I can start promoting it. Come on, brother. Well, I, I, I'm, 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 I'm sure that you will be a guest again. I'm going to try to get – uh, several people uh, online together and, uh, you know, just get, get all kinds of different perspectives and, and uh, maybe lock horns with some folks that uh, may, may, may say some stuff that we disagree. Because I think that the tension that's created uh, in this, especially this topic, is something that needs to be talked about and, uh, and, and worked through and worked through. You know, I've been, mar- I've been married now. It's going on 26 years. And my wife and I, we have not always agreed on everything, but none of us Man. have ever packed up, none of us have ever packed up our bags and left the house. And so, <laughs> right. you know, we, we, I think that as, as, especially as brothers in Christ, we can disagree, but we can't leave each other. And so I think that that's the thing, you know, I, I believe that, uh, that this thing that God has given me and even with creating this podcast, because I do believe that this is a mandate of mine. To uh, to to be a a one who beats the drum of uh, you know we need to do something about this racism especially inside the church and yeah. uh, my I, I'm I'm thankful that you prayed for wisdom because sometimes I'll ask questions and people uh, will misconstrue what it is that I'm getting at and I don't want this to be where I'm just creating tension uh, I want there to be where God does something that only He can do that that breaks our hearts towards each other. It causes us to walk humbly with each other and, uh, and, and see the other person, uh, you know, as, as the Bible says, better than ourselves. And uh, yeah. so I, I want to see that come about. So, brother, thank you for your prayers and, and thank you for being a part of it. Man, thank you for having me, Sam. I appreciate you, bro. Yes, sir. God bless you. Bless you, man.